0: Good evening, everyone. Happy feast day. Happy feast day. Thank you. Uh, So we didn't do it at the beginning, but this is Father Mike Rapp. Father Mike is a good friend of mine. He is home for the summer. He's studying in Rome. He is getting a doctorate in scripture, and he speaks like eight languages. So I'm not going to quote any Greek tonight because he'll correct me. And I'm a prideful man. So first off, what's the assumption? The assumption, and and today really is, today is a day of hope. The assumption is the feast day where we celebrate that Mary was carried body and soul into heaven in perfect union with God. That's what we celebrate today. It's it's not the same as the ascension, right? The ascension is Jesus' ascension to heaven of his own power. Right, Mary does not have the power on her own to do that, but because of her union with Christ throughout her life, and because of God's grace and mercy, God brings her to heaven. Mary is, and the reason when this feast was instituted, is very strange, this feast was given to us in 1950, and non-Catholic Christians look at us and they say, Really? 1950 it seems kind of odd. It goes all the way back to the ancient church. The ancient church believed this, but Pope Pius XII defined this in 1950. And here's why he did it, and here's why it matters today. Pius XII, one of the reasons he did it was to give us hope. It was to give us profound hope. Right, when Jesus ascends to heaven, have you ever thought, yeah, well, he's God. Big deal, right? He's God. Of course he ascended to heaven. But Mary's assumption, Mary is an image of the church. And Mary being assumed to heaven, the church has always believed that, always believed that. But the reason Pius Twelfth brought this feast day to us was to give us hope. In 1950, the world was kind of a dark place. And Pius XII wanted to give Catholics and the whole human race hope that God in the end, if he could raise Mary into heaven, body and soul, that that's also true for us. So Mary is an image of the church. How can that I know I preached about this this past Sunday, and I know you all know the news that came out yesterday, and I hope you're as heartbroken as I am. People have been asking me yesterday and today about the scandal in Pittsburgh and all across Pennsylvania, and I, I kind of don't have words. It's profoundly bad profoundly ugly. And there's times like, like this where our church has failed and has sinned grievously. I don't know that there's one word I can give you that will answer for that. There's a, there's a great scene in John chapter 6 where the crowd's scandalized by Jesus' teaching on the Eucharist. And most people leave. And the apostles, Jesus turns to them and and he asks them and he says, are you going to leave too? And Peter says to Jesus, he says, Lord, to whom shall we go? You have the words of eternal life. And very honestly, That's where I'm at. There are times as a Christian and as a Catholic where, Lord, I don't know all the answers, but I love you. And as I said last Sunday, if you weren't here for this, for my homily last Sunday, such dark times, and we have a great amount of work to do. But... I was never a Catholic because of anyone except Jesus Christ. That's the only reason I'm a Catholic. And the reason I will always remain in the church is not because the church is at a place where she's reached holiness, she obviously hasn't, but because I love Jesus and this church is not my church and it's really it is my church but it's also not and it's your church but it's also not on the most profound level the church belongs to Christ so i want to give you hope today was a hard day for me i don't know why but the scandal today just hit me hard the the sheer number of priests who are accused and it sounds like credibly there's over 300 in Pennsylvania. I think it's important to say, I was telling Father Mike this before Mass, I think it is important to say that the overwhelming majority of those cases are from the 50s through the 80s. And I'd have to check on this, but the, I think the article I read this morning said that there were something like two or three since 2000. But it's dark. It's horrible. The bishops are in profound need of reform. And we need, so many times in church history, brothers and sisters, what the church needs right now are saints. And I hope just, I hope in my own heart, in my own life, I hope God, Lord, I hope you can do something in my heart, in my life that I don't say, somebody else needs to repent. Somebody else needs to change. Somebody else needs to become a saint. I have to become a saint. And so do you. It's the only answer to darkness is holiness. So how do we have hope? Mary is an image of the church, brothers and sisters. Theologians will tell you that anything you can say about Mary, you can basically say about the church. And so today is meant to be a time of hope, is that if God could bring Mary to heaven, can purify. Mary never sinned. He preserved her. Obviously, you and I have sins. Obviously, the clergy in the church right now has a lot of sin. But the hope is not in us, right? It's not in me. The hope is in the blood of Jesus Christ. And So I want to share with you tonight something that gives me hope. The ancient church fathers, and in scripture, what they love to talk about is that some of the people, in the, the church is feminine, right? The, the church is our mother. She is the bride of Christ. The church is feminine. And there's different women in scripture that the early church very clearly said, that's an image of the Catholic church. And so here's what Origen says. He says it can happen that someone who has sinned and has now ceased to sin is called sinless. Thus, our Lord Jesus Christ prepared for himself a glorious church without spot. So, in the book of Ephesians, it talks about how Jesus cleanses the church and makes her glorious without sin or blemish or spot. Not because any individuals within the church have ever been without spot, right? That's sin, that all of us have sinned, but because they no longer defile themselves. A church without wrinkle, not because the wrinkle has never adhered to them, but because it has been removed by Christ. Christ. There's about a hundred quotes in here, but here's what I want to tell you. The early church fathers saw that the church was, and there's this essay, and this is a little strong, but this essay is one from Balthazar where he just quotes the church fathers. And it's called Costa Mary Tricks, which means the chaste whore. And all it means is that the church herself, all through time, is deceptive and sinful and is not faithful to her spouse. And we're seeing that right now. But because of the blood of Christ, she can become pure. So what I want to leave you with tonight is this, and I don't mean to always, I know I've talked a lot about this scandal recently, but I think it's so important, and I can't imagine not speaking about it. Brothers and sisters, our hope is not in our hierarchy, they have rightful authority, we have to respect their authority, but our hope isn't in them, our hope is in God. And if Mary Magdalene, Mary Magdalene's another image of the church in the scriptures, if Mary Magdalene can go from being a prostitute to becoming one of the greatest saints in history. In fact, Mary Magdalene's the one who announces the resurrection to the apostles. Right, one beloved by Jesus. He can do that for our church. And maybe the great hope today is that he can do that for the church But he can also do that for me and for all of us. So I'm sorry tonight. I meant to be hopeful. I think I failed. It's a hard time right now. But our hope was never, as I've said, our hope has never been in the things that said all the members of the church are going to be sinless or all the priests are going to be sinless. Our hope is in Christ. So tonight we rejoice that God, even in the ugliness of sin and the darkness of the world, that God can bring anyone from death to life, from sin to holiness. Jesus, tonight we pray for our church. We pray for all those who have suffered at the hands of priests and bishops. We pray for the conversion of, of those who have committed such heinous crimes and sins. We pray for the salvation of everyone. And Lord, we pray for hope. In Mary's assumption tonight, Lord, may you give us hope that you can set things right, that you can redeem me, that you can redeem the church, that she can go from being unfaithful to true holiness. Our Lady of Lords, pray for us.